And there's a chapter in the book called I See You. And I, I argue, I see you are the three most powerful words you could say to someone. I love you can have condition to it. I love you, but, because I've heard this, Kirsten, I love you, but I can't handle that you're gay. What? Like, so, but I see you honors all of who I am and adds love into it. So love is a part of those three words. Welcome back to the Balance Bully Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Thigpen, the number one balance and relationship advisor in the world, here with you every single week while we are in season to make sure that I can help you move past that space of just barely surviving the circumstances of burnout, imposter syndrome, those mundane relationships that you know you should have let go a long time ago, so you can move into the space where you can thrive with flexibility, freedom, and confidence to have all that you want in your work life and in your love. We are in the midst of season 23, all of those steps that are crucial to your success and per my usual, vetting them as diligently as I do to make sure that I do my own kind of professional stalking of all of our guests to make the double make sure that they are people that I would want to have in my proverbial kitchen so we can have a conversation on air is a phenomenal woman. I'm already looking at her with joy in her eyes. I'm looking at the these arms that she got that you guys can't see, so you're going to have to go to her website to see it. I'm like, wait, where did you get them from? But it's clear because of what she does. She is walking her talk and living her truth as a yoga medicine teacher, fitness coach, public speaker, and author, Miss Kirsten Beverly Waters. I am so grateful to have you here and to make sure that we talk about your new book that came out last fall, Struggle Guru because I think that is super important. So we're gonna talk about all the things because I am positive that without having the opportunity, which I will have very shortly to read your book, that you are talking about how important it is to not be all those things that we see and to live your truth and maybe your struggle will stop. I'm just gonna guess that that's a, a piece of what your book is about just by the title. Kirsten, welcome to the show. How are you today? Thank you for having me. I am doing super well. I'm just excited to be here. (laughs) I love it. You didn't think I was going to pick on your arms, did you? I know. (laughs) No. no. I saw them. them. She showed up in a a sleeveless thing. I was like, oh, you just want to do that? Okay. All right. I see what what you're doing because you yoga, you fitness. Okay. I I get it. Um, I would love for you to share with everyone who is listening a little bit about what inspired you more than anything, not for your fitness journey, but for you to write your book, Struggle Guru. Um, Well, Struggle Guru is a lifetime in the making. you know, I tell people that when I was six years old, I lost my father um, pretty suddenly. And that moment really pushed me into this world of constant observance and recognizing the preciousness of life. And so I feel like even though I've always been a pretty extroverted person, that sometimes the outward showing is to mask the fact that I'm, I am struggling internally to process all that's going on in the world and all the things that I would observe Um, relationally, um, with family members, with friends, with community members, and just observing, always taking in information. And over a lifetime, you know, as with any person, having my own struggles really kind of came to a head in college, 
Um, in college, I was struggling both with my sexual identity as well as struggling with cancer. So if it's not bad enough, you don't know who you are. You're also being faced with this invisible disease that is literally within you and you're fighting yourself internally. So it felt sort of um, like a parallel experience for me that I was struggling with who I was internally fighting from the inside out. Yeah. And the cancer was also fighting me from the inside out. And, you know, one of the evils in my mind of cancer is that in order to destroy it, you have to essentially destroy the essence of yourself. And so rather than thinking of destroying it, it's, I need to eliminate this, this inauthentic, inauthentic piece of myself. And I felt like that's what I was doing with my sexual orientation was I wasn't being honest with who I was, with my family, with my friends, with my community. And so being able to come to terms with mm -hmm. that aspect of myself, like who I really was, I felt like took me down so many different paths from working, working in the medical field as a neurodiagnostic technician, um, working in corporate America in public relations, and then ultimately saying I wanted to be in this space of wellness yoga and fitness and then through that process of, of teaching and coaching people hearing their struggles I felt like it was us having the same conversations with people over and over again um, there are common things that we're struggling with who we are internally right like who we are as a person um, what is our purpose in life how do I stay healthy what is what is a healthy and happy relationship look like with ourselves with others with our bosses and so truly struggle guru came to me in a meditation and I thought that I had been meditating for about 15 minutes and I had looked the clock before I started and when I opened my eyes it'd been almost three hours that I had been in the meditation wow um, and I have never done drugs but I would assume it was kind of what it would be like if you were tripping on something <laughs> because I mean I like I feel like I like you know like walls are <laughs> you could taste things you could feel things you were having conversation with spirits I don't know I think a squirrel talked to me in the meditation mm -hmm. <laughs> there was a lot happening and I again I promise it was only green tea that I was drinking I don't know what was in that green tea but you can say if you like this book you can thank green tea for the struggle guru. Um, <laughs> That's what we're gonna call it. Kirsten's gonna call that that she was drinking green tea. Green tea. Right. They're like, she's gonna call it green tea. People are like, I'm not buying any of that. They're like, exactly. <laughs> Who's your supplier? Um, right. Your match. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I sat down that day and started writing and was 50 pages worth of writing in the first like seat, sit down of it. And it, uh, you know, it came to be, I mean, ultimately the, the premise of Struggle Guru is that our stories, our biography influences our biology. So the stories that we're telling ourselves, be our thoughts become our actions, our actions become our life and our life becomes our ultimate biography, right? And if we want to change that, we have to get to the source of our story and the source of all of our stories lies in our struggles. That's, that's who we are. And that's what makes us great. And, and wonderful and powerful um, humans. How oh, I a thousand percent align with that on so many levels. Uh, you were brave enough to get yours out as soon as, you know, at least to start the writing, as soon as it plopped into your spirit, we'll say that. <laughs> 
whatever was in that thing. You will say it plopped into your spirit, it downloaded into your spirit, and you float it to another dimension, and it opens you up to the awareness of this greater part of yourself. Um, it took me eight and a half years, to be honest, about my story when I wrote Selfish, which is the name of my book. And it, it took a lot because for that, that exact reason, I had to live out the the problems, the challenges, and the truth of all the stuff that I was trying to run from and hide by being an ambitious, ambitious woman. Like I, I stayed booked and busy and extremely productive, so I didn't have to deal with me. I could take on 25 projects and do them all really well, which is a gift. And the curse of it is because you, I used it for the evil of not dealing with myself. Even though all the things I was doing was good, I good, I still wasn't my greater self because I wasn't being honest about that. Um, I was, in fact, a struggling guru in the making, if you will. Um, and you being bold and brave enough to follow through with those actions, to not let it sit for another 10, 20 years, because this time is the time that people really need to hear that story, um, even more so when it released in 2020, right? Like with all the things and all the things that were unsolicited and disruptive in 2020 that it dropped at the perfect time and it's very much just not even having an opportunity to have read it yet just from what you shared and knowing that i'm extra going to read it now um it is very much in alignment with what we would call evergreen in our world right like things that don't expire because the truth of it grows with you at every stage and every level of where you're going in your evolution. So I, I'm really grateful that you did that. That was powerful. Well, you know, the interesting thing when you're talking about it, it's how long it took you to put out your book was when I was 16 years old, I wrote the first portion of a book and it was called Stop. It's the only way to go. And hmm. I remember bringing it to my English teacher and she said I was a horrible writer. I should stay out of English. I'm not very good. And which is funny because I have a journalism degree. <laughs> I have a minor in English. I have these. Wow. Um, so I guess she was wrong. But the thing that's funny is I actually had that removed off of a floppy disk. For anybody who doesn't know what that is, you can't listen to this podcast. You're not old enough. Like <laughs> you need to know what a floppy disk is. Right. Um, so they pulled it off the floppy disk and there are elements still in struggle guru that I had already thought of at 16 years old. So for me, I feel like the fact that they stayed with me 20 years plus, yeah. Yeah. there's a reason that these, these messages, these words have come to me again so powerfully and why I felt like, no, no, there is no time. Like you need to start now because it is easy to think, okay, well, I'll get to that another day. Um, and also I think, for any person who's ever written anything, and it doesn't have to be a book, just anything, even an, a letter to somebody they cared about. There is a level of vulnerability yeah. that comes with it. And yeah. I know that now that it's out there, there are people who can hop onto any number of sites, judge me, rate me, review me, yeah. everything. And there are some very personal aspects. I mean, this is my story through struggles and my experiences of other people's struggles to empower you to start evaluating yours. So it's very easy for someone to take a look at this book and be like, this is crap. She's crap. I don't agree with any of it. And then you're just sitting there with like, am I strong enough to get that kind of feedback, but still be okay with the fact that this needs to be published? And at the end of the day, the answer was, if one person reads this book and knows that they are not alone, that their struggle isn't the 
isn't the only struggle that exists within the, you know, within their own little universe. Um, it empowers other people to use their voice and to share their story. And ultimately, the goal is for us to translate struggle into as many different languages in many, as many different stories as possible so that we become empowered to transform those struggles into people's superpower, into their catalyst to change their life. Because that is the only way we're really going to start seeing change. Because everybody always comes back to, um, my story doesn't matter. I've heard that story before. Nobody wants to hear it from me. Your story matters. Your truth matters. Your perspective is uniquely yours. And you need to own that and be okay with sharing that. But I, I recognize that it has to come in your time. And that's what I encourage people to do. There's a journaling process at the end called Guru Beginnings, where you start to tap into your, the master within yourself. Because I am not your guru. Right. I have a lot of respect for that word. Um, especially as a yoga teacher, I am no one's guru. And struggle guru is about finding your master within and allowing that to come out because ultimately there is no one who's going to be a greater teacher than yourself. Nobody knows your experiences, your body, your thoughts better than you. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm buying it. What, what, what ticket are you selling? I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like the podcast is over. Like you, you said, mic drop, right? Like you said, everything. And it's everything that you said was powerful and very relevant because it's necessary for people to tap into the power of their voice, but first understanding what's been keeping you quiet in the first place. Um, and that's a lot of what you're talking about. Like you, you had to grieve at such a young age and then be catapulted into a whole nother level of chaos and confusion with your body attacking itself, you know, physically attacking itself with cancer and then mentally you struggling with so many aspects of what would be accepted, what is okay. And I don't even know if there is a religious component of that struggle for you as well. That just, you know, adds a little bit of fire to everything else that was going on. And for you to have to battle that while being a human in America, dealing with normal human American female things that are happening in this world and how you're looked at, how you're valued, how you're seen, how you are or are not appreciated just with people not knowing anything about what's going on inside your your most intimate space but making their own judgment judgments about you all of that happening simultaneously it's a lot mama <laughs> that's that's a lot well, and you know there is like a religious um component i was raised methodist and i mm -hmm. actually wanted to go to seminary school i wanted to get into mission work um and I was accepted to Yale, Vanderbilt, and Duke seminary program. And I tell people that was the holy, I remember saying that's the holy trinity of answers to what I was supposed to do with my life, right? Like you're accepted to three amazing schools. Um, but ultimately I, I could not take, like I was supposed to attend Duke. I could not leave my house and go to Duke. I ended up calling them and saying it wasn't coming because I, I can't be in a field where I have to worry that who I am could cost me my job. Be outed. Um, I could end up in a country where it could put me to death. Um, I mean, these are things that people don't even think about as a yoga teacher. I leave retreats all over the world and people are like, oh, I'd love to go here. And I'm like, great. But if I go there and somebody finds out, I could go to jail at best. I could potentially put, be put to death at worst. Not really worth a yoga retreat. Very hard for me to hold space for people when I'm worried about my safety, right? Um, right. Absolutely. And, and that's, 
you know, I always try to encourage people in like holding space and having this safe space for people to be. So the religious aspect for me was, I was told all the time, God hates me. I'm a sinner, or I love the hate the sin, not the sinner. And like people pick and choose. Um, and when I was going through, right. Like when I was going through cancer treatments, I studied Greek so I could read the new Testament, its original language. And many people don't even realize homosexuality wasn't a word until the late forties. And it got put in there as civil rights movement started to come through. And again, like, so there's, there's so much behind it always comes back to like power, right? So here's that power and struggle. There's that word again, like, what do I do with that? And ultimately for me, I felt like God would use me in a different way, in a different mission, with a different word to reach a broader community of people that ultimately I felt like God told me, yes, you could go this route and you can hide yourself or you can be true to yourself. And I I will help you find the people that need this message the most. And I feel like that came through in the pages with Struggle Guru. And that is certainly my hope. Um, And I've had wonderful Mm -hmm. conversations um, thus far with people who have read it and the experiences they're having, or when I speak at schools or talk to youth, right? That that's that's the bigger thing. This isn't about me. I, I really I yeah. don't care if people know my name or not. Right. <laughs> what right. I care is that, and, and I know if you're like you're on a podcast, like clearly you want people to know who you are. No, I I want you to know the work. I don't need you to know me. If you don't remember my name, not a big deal. But if the message comes through, thank you, Lord. Like that's what I want. I want people to walk away and say. She sees me. And there's a chapter in the book called I See You. And I, I, are you, I see you are the three most powerful words you could say to someone. I love you can have condition to it. I love you, but, because I've heard this, Kirsten, I love you, but I can't handle that you're gay. What? Like, Mm -hmm. so, but Mm -hmm. I see you honors all of who I am and adds love into it. So love is a part of those three words. And that's ultimately what we want. We want to be seen, whether it's at work and we're doing all this hard work, we want to be seen. If I'm in a relationship, I want to be seen. It doesn't matter right, if it's right. intimate or family or community and friends, <laughs> we want to be seen and we want to feel like we have value and yeah. our stories have value. And sometimes Absolutely. the religious aspect can hold us back from that. We might not mm-hmm. see it. Um, and it's hard to branch away from that or to ask those hard questions because not every like I was very fortunate I had a a pastor who allowed me to ask those questions and yeah. we had a dialogue and I'm still very close with him to this day and he never made me feel like I was a sinner I was an outcast or unloved but that doesn't mean that the church did not mm-hmm. the youth pastor asked me to stop teaching 7th grade boys because they were worried that I was a pedophile <laughs> I can't what? on so many levels like, like there's just, oh, I mean, I'm trying to help people understand love and, and Christ love. And, and people are asking me to leave because I've been, I've been pigeonholed into a stereotype. I mean, you can see me right now and I have short hair and I will joke. I have short hair. I teach in fitness and yoga and I drive a Subaru. I'm a, I'm a walking trifecta, a stereotype. Okay. <laughs> You you can't help it. I'm like, I'm a rainbow tattoo away from being at all. Right? Like that was that's the joke. That's the way that I like get by with it. But the truth is, when I did cut my hair short, I thought twice about it because 
what stereotype would somebody apply to me just because I had short hair and I'm not the beautiful and amazing Charlize Theron, right? Like nobody mm -hmm. looks at her and I'm not Halle Berry either. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I'm not these people. I know what you mean. So, you know, and I've asked, you know, friends of mine, have you ever had to think about that? Like what your haircut might be perceived at and would that make you less than in your profession? Yeah. So struggles, struggles exist everywhere around us. Yeah. Um, and we have to sit with them. And it's usually why I tell people, most people don't enjoy yoga or running is because you're alone with your thoughts, your deepest, most intimate, positive and negative and everything in between really arises. But and struggle guru is going to ask you to sit in that discomfort and to look at that because it's the only way we can we can move forward. Yeah, girl, you are talking my language and you're talking to a Christian minister. So when I tell you that you are hitting all of the I can't tell you how many churches I've been kicked out of and how many stages that I've been on that I've had to have these really raw conversations with people as a trauma specialist, as a licensed clinical social worker and psychotherapist, and as a breakthrough success coach. All of the hats that I wear in addition to being a mother who will love her children, and those are probably the only people that I would love unconditionally. I won't even love my husband unconditionally. He got conditions. Go ahead and act a fool. <laughs> That's a condition, right? 26 years, go ahead. It'll, it'll be over just as fast as it started. And he has conditions on me too. And religion does have conditions. So I do agree with you that love, except for the love that a mother has for her, her children that came from her womb, because even my stepmother probably has conditions on me. Like, girl, I'm only gonna take for so much of that. You ain't come from this body, right? Like, I'm only gonna take for so much. So, you know, that it's, it is very much a conditional experience but seeing someone and really meaning it and not just saying it for foo-foo and flowers but really being able to say i see you is hearing them and feeling their experience and even if you don't understand or agree with their why or the what respecting them where they are and not treating them differently because of is everything and that's what i hear and feel when you talk about the ICU that's in the chapter of your book is it's it's more than those, what is that, seven letters. Like it's more than that. It is all of that full experience and probably the closest that you can get to the unconditional love that a mother would have for her children that she birthed from her womb, right? Like I, I feel that completely. I, oh my God, that's a whole separate podcast that we could talk about how many conversations i get fussed at all the time i'm like god we can't say god's people are god's people god's children are his children and then say but there's no but i live in a space of and and we have to be very clear about that and from a statistical standpoint most pedophiles are heterosexual male so we'll have a different conversation about that at a different time like i need them to read a book right so that's that's a whole <laughs> different conversation like oh that irritates my soul yeah. like right there i got I got poked in my soul when you said that. Um, <laughs> you are amazing and you are definitely a beautiful experience to receive, which the world does need to feel on multiple levels and all the expressions of that word. So I have to ask you, when you are between these global stages, leading these experiences to help people tap into the intimacy of self through yoga and fitness and coaching and all the things that you do, how are you making sure you give yourself permission to pause? I have found the, the hours between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. 
which is not for everyone. Um, <laughs> first of all, is the most uninterrupted time, right? Like most people are not not sending me messages or checking in. But there is something spiritual, um, certainly within yoga tradition. Those are are sacred hours when the soul and spirit are able to receive the most. The ego yeah. is at its weakest. Um, mm -hmm. And so I have always carved that space out as a time for mm -hmm. just me. So sometimes yeah. it's physical movement. Lately, I've been running with a headlamp on <laughs> um, or I'm meditating. I'm just sitting quietly. That space is just always in my calendar is like my uninterrupted time for me to connect. And it also really sets the tone for my day and allows me to fill my cup so that I can share from a space of overflow, which I recall hearing and I refer to a lot. Maya Angelou said to serve from your saucer and that stuck with me. You, if you yes. have this cup and you're always serving from your cup, the cup will be empty. And before you know it, if anybody listening is like, very big on caffeine you're like trying to lick your finger lick the bottom <laughs> to get the last bit of caffeine to get out right but that's what a lot of us or that green tea life, that kirsten's so. drinking <laughs> or the green tea that <laughs> i'll leave that in the show notes so you can find out how to get that meditation three hours and change your life no yeah no i'm sorry i had to put that in there but yes no it's so, true for, for your well, you know what, though? The thing that's funny is I do end, like, my morning meditations with, like, a cup of tea. So, you know, it, it tied in there. It worked. <laughs> it's tea time. <laughs> Which is my favorite. So I know everyone listening is like, oh, that's why I need to like tea. Okay. Uh, All right. I didn't have Kirsten's green tea, y'all. So I've never tasted her tea yet. Yet. Hashtag <laughs> Or have so I or have I? That's a question. Or behind the scenes of that space of that three to five explains a lot because that's always the hour my body organically wakes up. And I'm a prayer intercessor, so I'm constantly like doing all that. And I typically try to keep my butt in the seat versus being outside with a headlamp on, um, <laughs> running these streets, woman. But <laughs> but I, I do see the power in really leveraging that time and embracing it full on. Um, as your pause, and it, it actually takes away the excuse of you not giving it to yourself. Right. That is, that is phenomenal. So how can people connect with you and get some more? Um, so you can find me on online. Uh, my website is kbwaters.com. So I try to keep it pretty simple so you can connect with me there. Um, it has connect connections to my social links. Um, that's usually the easiest way to connect. Uh, certainly, if you're on my website, drop me a line, connect. Whether you buy the book, you don't, you just listen to the podcast, you want to say hello. I just always encourage people to reach out. I love hearing other people's stories and finding ways to connect. So I love this. And if you want arms like Kirsten, I'm just saying, <laughs> you might want to have to go to her classes because I'm going to check them out. Like, let me see about this. Obviously, I'm doing my yoga wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm doing mine wrong. You are amazing. I honor you. I honor your time. I love that you were so open and vulnerable and strong in every aspect of what you just shared, because there are hundreds of thousands of people at minimum that will, in fact, hear this episode, that will, in fact, hear this story and be able to tap in and apply it to their own prejudices, their ignorances that are willful. Uh, their resistance to being able to see someone, including themselves, 
that's standing right in front of them. So I am so grateful for you. And I thank you from the seat of my spirit for you being willing to show up fully today. And thank you for offering this space, you know, not just for myself, but for all of your guests and for the listeners to be able to come. That's such a huge testament to to your purpose and what you're offering this world. So thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I do consider myself pretty awesome. So that's, you know, <laughs> just, just a confirmation. Thank you. You don't need any tea for your awesomeness. I got to drink tea to get mine. <laughs> Girl, that's a whole nother. Listen, being, being in prayer all day. That's why. Like, that's why. Because she, she's sipping on green air tea of the spirit. <laughs> Something else is, is happening up in that, that house. That's why she willing to divorce her husband when he ain't acting right. No. Um, <laughs> so this is awesome. You are amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I'm just grateful. I, I feel like there is a part two to this that's coming. And I'm, I'm also waiting for these VIP days, half day sessions. Like there's something that's coming where you're walking people through their own struggle experience to get them to the other side of their breakthrough. So if you're not already doing it, that is that is in the works you have the nail on the head there is a program that will be coming out actually be in spring so Mm. so it's just around the corner where there'll be some information released on that um, that will also include the ability to do a virtual um, meetup for us and then future in-person meetups at various retreats to really dive into it i love it you see how that prophetic love works like you see how that works that's that prophetic love right there no (laughs) you are a blessing and i'm so thankful thank you thank you so awesome balance boldly listeners as always what did i not just bring you the truth i brought you the truth that's what i do i'm gonna pop my collar on that one too i had to bring you the truth i am grateful for the time that you guys carved out whether you were on your treadmills in your car or sitting trying to pretend like you're listening to your children while you are playing teacher uh, with the airpod in one ear and pretending to help a child do some kind of crazy math with all this virtual school that's happening right now i thank you for your time if you have not already subscribed make sure you subscribe rate and share this podcast for the other ambitiously brave and bold men and women out there that need these balanced tools for their work life and love as always you can follow me at ask nikita just about everywhere you guys know instagram is my favorite place to play but facebook has become a really good space so if you're not already a part of the certified selfish facebook group there's a link at the bottom you can grab that as well in the interim i want you to go Create your balance and create your joy. But please, for the love of God, make sure you do it boldly. 